Give yourself grace when there's setbacks, when you're not feeling your best, when your mind is telling you to do one thing, but your body is saying, please listen to me, please don't do that. Or give me a little bit more rest. Or maybe it is like, I give me a little bit more push. I want, I have the energy to do this, but every day is different. And each season of life is different. So there's always going to be this ebb and flow and honoring that and being able to be okay with allowing that flexibility and honoring each season of your life where you are at and not getting so caught up with trying to be right all the time. Because honestly, this is my motto for Nourish My Nutrition and it's something I try to incorporate every single day, but it's, it is less about being right and it's more about being well. So truly focusing on being well in that present moment. Hi there, and welcome to the Let's Thrive podcast. My name is Emily Feichels, and I started this page to inspire, educate, and empower any who listen. Like most people, I'm a curious soul and love to chat with my guests on all things health, wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I hope you'll stick around for a time or two. And with that said, let's thrive. Hi there, and welcome back to the Let's Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and tis the season. If you're listening to this in real current time, aka the month of December, it is Christmas. Christmas is upon us, and so is the holiday stress. Now, don't get me wrong, there is a lot of joy this time of year. So much joy sometimes that you just feel like a jolly little elf doing your Christmas things. Other times, You're overwhelmed with such stress that you want to curl up in a ball and cry yourself to sleep. Look, I've been in both places. As a matter of fact, just this past week, I went from being a jolly little house elf during the day to then that night crying myself to sleep at like 12.30 a.m. because I had been working all day and I hadn't gotten anything done on my... I'd been working at my job all day and hadn't gotten anything done on my to-do list for the podcast, Instagram... And I went to sleep just thinking I was like an utter failure. But you know what? I'm not. You're not. Nobody is. It's the holiday season. I mean, there's a lot going on right now, which is why I wanted to talk about this. Because whether you're in college and you have tests coming up and deadlines and papers to write, or you're in a job and you have deadlines due and papers to write and boss barking up your ass, and maybe you're somewhere in between, or maybe you're a mom. I don't know. Do I have some moms that listen to this podcast? Let me know. And you have kids that you're trying to get through school and stuff you're doing and work. And you know what? There's just a lot of stress. But it is so important that we do not dwell on those stressful moments too long because it really does steal the joy of the season. I know there were so many years where it would be Christmas Eve And I'd be running around trying to get stuff done. And then I sit down that night with my family and just jolly as can be. And I'd get a wave of sadness because I'd realized how much I had missed already. You know, all the little times when I'd let my stress overwhelm me. And instead of taking 10 minutes to sit by the tree with hot cocoa, I had let my stress like overrule that. And I had maybe gone to my phone or I just pushed myself another 10 minutes. It's like, take the 10 minutes to do something that brings you joy in this holiday season. I mean, you should do that all the time, but I think it's especially important this time of year to really care for yourself. I mean, there's a lot going on, so that's just my two cents on the issue. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I'd be happy to debate this. No, I don't think there's much to debate. I think we can all agree that stress is not good for the body, not good for the mind, not good for our life, not good for relationships. Stress is like a big bad guy. I mean, it can be good at times, I suppose, but we don't want to let it overwhelm us. So that's why today's episode is such a good fit for this topic that's been on my mind. I've been thinking about stress a lot lately, which only makes it worse. Today's guest, as I was going into, is my dear friend Jessica Bippin of If 
Jessica, I'm sorry if I said your last name wrong. I am always trying to pronounce these last names, and my pronunciation of words is not ideal, so my apologies. However, she is, her brand and her business is Nourished by Nutrition, and Jess is a registered dietitian nutritionist with a master's in nutrition therapy. She's also, like so many of us, a recovering perfectionist and a passionate, wellness-encouraging human being. Also, a radiant ball of light. (laughs) Jess is one of those people that when you see her, when you hear her voice, it's just like a big warm hug. It's like she starts talking and everything is okay. That's how I felt during this podcast. You'll actually hear my voice gets really low and almost tired because Jess has such a soothing voice. I just felt so cozy and at home. Like, I can't wait to see her hang out at her house someday and get all cozy because she is just that type of person. But like many of us as well, it's been a journey for Jess to get to where she is today. She walks us through her past with disordered eating and how that really did guide her along this journey to become a dietitian, nutritionist, and view things in a holistic viewpoint. And as I mentioned, something that so many of us struggle with are hormonal imbalances, gut issues, stress, anxiety, and these are all things that Jess has faced as well and has worked through and thus can share her experience as well as her scientific background with us here today in this episode. So what Jess and I really wanted to focus on was the fact that after experiencing what she, well, after being what she thought of as as healthy as could be, which could also, you know, have some obsessive orthorexic tendencies, she realized she was actually not as healthy as she quote-unquote should be for how she was eating and exercising. And I think this is something a lot of us are realizing. So she wound up, with some hormonal imbalances, got off of birth control, was misdiagnosed with PCOS, her OBGYN would not listen to her, just wanted to put her back on the pill, Jess didn't want that, and so her journey really begins when she goes out and finds a legitimate holistic doctor. Now, this isn't someone prescribing her a bunch of whatever, if you want to call it woo-woo, supplements, superfoods, all that kind of stuff. That was part of it, but first and foremost, the important part is testing. And she walks us through the tests that she went through to find her hormonal imbalances, to find her gut issues, and how she worked to heal those. And once her body was at a state of homeostasis, she was then able to implement some super herbs, or some supplements, superfoods, super herbs too, I guess, if you want to call it that. And it's just a really refreshing viewpoint on it because it's not someone trying to shove all these super stuff (laughs) down your throat. This is someone who has healed her body in a, you know, easy to access way. You don't have to have a lot of money to do these things that she shares. And then she was able to add those in at the end to give her body a little boost and eventually get her period back and work through post-birth control syndrome, which is another topic we discuss. And as she shared with me, I got I got an exclusive sneak peek, but now everybody knows, but Jess is pregnant, and she's having a little baby boy, and I knew this before she announced it on Instagram, and it was so hard to, well, no, because we talk about it in the episode, but yeah, like, it was just so sweet, because, like I said, she's just a sweet little human being. I love her, and so it was neat to see the journey of, you know, she didn't have her period, she's going through these post-birth control syndrome, um, and then now she's pregnant and has a baby boy in the way and that just warms my heart and obviously in this we do talk about stress because stress is oh so huge such a detrimental factor to our health to our body to our mentality to our emotional well-being and just shares some actionable tips in here that were once more refreshing it's not the typical do this and everything's better it's like no Real life shit happens sometimes and you need to have ways to manage your stress. Here are some ways that Jess has done it and I will now be implementing them into my life as well. So if you want to find more about Jess and what she's doing, what she's all about, find her on Instagram at Nourished by Nutrition. I'm on Instagram at Thrive underscore on life or if I've already changed it by now or I don't know, I might be at Emily Feichel's. I'll have them linked below. I'm still debating the name change. Let me know your thoughts, please, and thank you. 
And since it is the holiday season, the season of giving and gratitude and joy, it would make my heart so happy if you went on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and left a rate and review. Honestly, reviews are like gold to a podcaster because they are one of the only statistics or whatever you want to call those to show to brands and partnerships, partnerships and guests. And I appreciate every single one of you that has left one and that will leave one in the future. More so, since it is a season of giving, I'm going to be picking one lucky winner each week to send a box of goodies to because I have, I've been given so much and I'm so thankful for this opportunity I have and I'm so thankful for you that I want to share the love. So leave a review and if I pick your name, I'll be announcing it on Instagram, so keep an eye on my stories or I'll find you. Like, I will hunt you down (laughs) if you don't find me via the stories and you will get your box of goodies, I guarantee it. So without further ado, let's begin. I don't know about you, but when it comes to the protein department, I struggle. As in, I want to be 100% plant-based, but I just can't do it. When I try to get my protein from beans, legumes, and eggs, my stomach is just a wreck. Cue my favorite and only protein powder, New Zest. Now before you skip ahead, hear me out. I know protein powder can get a bad rap, but this one is different. Let me explain. New Zest is a 100% plant-based protein powder made from the highest quality European golden peas and provides the most protein source of all vegetable protein. Better yet, it contains all the essential amino acids our bodies need, making it easy to digest and no more bloating. That's it. I'm sold. No, but really. The reason I'm so in love with New Zest is because not only is it a safe, high-quality form of protein, more eco-friendly too, it's also the only blend to never give me bloat. Like never. Dream come true, am I right? And in case you're questioning this pea protein, rest assured, New Zest is completely transparent about sourcing. They found that in Europe, northern France to be exact, the soil, air, and water quality is ideal for growing, and the process they use to isolate the protein from the peas is completely free of chemicals. Worry no more, this vegan protein powder is safe from all those nasty add-ins that oftentimes are snuck into other brands. My favorites are the Lil Sipper Cacao Probiotic Protein Blend that's extra good for gut health, and then after that I'd have to say it's the vanilla, which is truly amazing. They both make my smoothie bowls taste like dessert by adding a lightly sweet, fresh vanilla or chocolate flavor. I also use the Just Natural flavor for baking because it adds such great fluffy texture to all my baked goods while adding a boost of protein. No matter the variety, you can't go wrong. To try New Zest for yourself, simply go to their site and use code THRIVEONLIFE to save 15% on your order. That's THRIVEONLIFE. T-H-R-I-V-E-O-N-L-I-F-E to save 15% off your order. You can get free shipping and have this deliciousness in your hands in no time at all. And as always, find me on Instagram at thrive underscore on life if you have any questions or need a recommendation. I'd be happy to connect. Enjoy and tag us if you try. Well, I'm so excited to talk all the things this podcast episode and I figured to start off would you want to just give a little bit of an introduction into just who you are you know where you're based and what it is you do and then we'll dive into the good stuff hi everyone my name is Jessica Bippin I am the founder of nourished by nutrition which is my blog as well as my one-on-one coaching business where I focus on creating a wellness lifestyle that lasts forever. So my whole focus is to help women figure out what works for them, but also being able to do it in a sustainable way that makes wellness feel so easy and feels like something that they can just do forever. So I am based in St. Louis, Missouri, but I do see clients virtually and that allows me to reach so many more women and it's been such an incredible um, tool to use and be able to reach those who want my help. Now I have to ask, 
What is your favorite part of living in St. Louis? Because I've never been there. And I don't even know what to think. Like, what's it like there? Is there? So I'm not seeing community. I moved here when I was in seventh grade. So I have been here a a while, but I love it because you have a big city feel, but also in a way, a small city feel like there is a lot of connections, a lot of people knowing people it's a very in a way tight-knit community but also a big city vibe so there's lots of new trendy modern places to eat um there's also a lot of history that goes throughout the city um i'm a big hockey fan so we have the blues (laughs) hockey here which is amazing um but yeah it's just a really unique city and you ever get a chance to visit I highly recommend (laughs) I I want to it's it's on my travel list for 2020 because I want to just hit some different places and not not go to the so cliche (laughs) LA New York City every time so yeah it's so fun to explore we do have some good hidden gems so if you ever need recommendations let me know (laughs) okay yes well I'll come I'll come visit and we can go to a hidden gem together and (laughs) Yeah, that would be so much fun. Well, how did you get started in this field? So you said, you know, you moved to St. Louis in seventh grade. So was it somewhere in your childhood? Were you like a teenager? Was it after high school that you got interested in health? Like where did that come in into the picture for you? Sure. So growing up, um, my mom did a really great job of incorporating just health into our lives. Uh, she did a really good job of focusing on nourishment. I was a um, soccer player. I played competitive soccer throughout basically my whole life, all the way up until college. Um, so she did a good job of making sure I was eating well and feeling my body, but also never restricting. So she let me be a kid. She let me enjoy life and candy and treats all the time. Um, some of my best memories with her are baking like cookies or muffins in the kitchen. Um, but she did a really good job of instilling that view of health in me. Um, but then as I got into high school, my focus became more on health, but health in a term that is a little bit skewed. I think this is really relatable though, because a lot of times, especially in high school, Um, with just so many changes happening, especially girls start to view health as a way of looking and being misinterpreted as skinny. And this became my obsession. I wanted to look look a certain way. um, And I was able to do this by eating less, not necessarily like not eating at all, but I was playing soccer and I was so active that I was still eating, but I was able to, I guess, not meet that incredibly high energy needs and able to lose weight, to manipulate my body, to look a certain way. So this whole obsession and then my personality with being able to be driven and accomplish things that I want to do in an almost obsessed way Mm -hmm. spiraled into more of a disordered eating behavior. And then it just, it wasn't healthy. It, but in my head, it was my idea of health. Like I wanted to lurk this certain way. I wanted to eat this certain way. I was able to do it. So for me, it was healthy. And I won't go into too much topic about like my disordered eating history and all that, because that could be an entirely <laughs> episode. Um, But in general, I wasn't focused on true health as like a mental and spiritual and coming from a place of nourishment. I was more focused on calories and Mm -hmm. it didn't matter what I was eating as long as like I was meeting this certain calorie level and there was no balance. I didn't have this health in the terms of self-care and proper nourishment and eating in a way that works for me and sleeping and moving. So 
looking back at it, I was kind of a mess. Um, but that was probably the start of my health journey. But over the years, that definition of health has changed, and thankfully. And it's um, just been all part of my journey that is now my story and allows me to connect with others because I can relate on this topic. Yeah. And like you said, it is relatable because I mean, if you ask, you know, anybody on Instagram, foodies, dietitians, I mean, I, you know, maybe not, but I would say probably eight out of 10 people are going to admit to having some sort of, you know, body dysmorphia, orthorexia, obsessive thoughts, exercise addiction. I mean, it's just, it happens and we learn from it. And I, I think it makes us, um, you know, even stronger when we come out of it. And like you said, now you can help so many people because you've been there. Like you see, you see where those thoughts take us and those habits. So, you know, when you went into college, when you graduated high school, then would you say your relationship had shifted? Like what made you decide to take this route and do your own thing with, with health? So when I got into college, I switched from a pre-med major to nutrition and looking back, I'm sure my obsession with quote health was part of what fueled that. Um, not that I regret that. <laughs> I love what I do now. Um, but after going through even my just my first year of college, it became apparent that what I was doing wasn't healthy. And then it shifted into this obsession with wellness. So now I knew how to nourish the body properly in terms of textbook health. And I started doing a lot of my own research and vibing more with a holistic approach to wellness that, you know, accompanies more than just food. But at this point, like, I knew how to eat for longevity. I knew what the research said on certain foods and what, quote, the best way of eating would be and this and that. And from a science perspective, I knew how the body worked. So I thought I had to do it all and I had to do it all right and do it the best. And this became a different sort of obsession. Like I just wanted to live by these rules because of what I knew and it was rooted in rigidity, living in a box, and just trying to follow what had been researched. And I wanted to do it so perfectly because I thought that would be the answer to health. And it wasn't. And I could teach it. I could learn it. I could even coach individuals on the right things. I could tell them to listen to their body to take a more holistic approach, but it was very difficult for me to embody that. And I think it was just because it's almost like an information overload. Like most c consumers don't have all the information. They don't know all the research. They're not living, breathing it, studying it 24 seven. So that became hard for me. Um, at the time, I didn't know any better, and I thought I was fine. I thought um, I was, of course, again, being healthy, but I wasn't truly living. And I think that's so key that you can do what others are doing. You can do what a textbook says is healthy, but if you're not tuning into what your own needs are, to what makes you feel your best, and also giving yourself grace, then that's not a definition of health and that's not being able to live up to your fullest potential. So it really wasn't until I was engaged and getting married soon that I realized, whoa, <laughs> this is not healthy. 
this is not me living up to my fullest potential. Uh, I was suffering from hormone imbalances. I still had skin issues. I had digestive issues and fatigue. I mean, I thought I was doing everything right, but I was having all of these symptoms. Like my body was telling me, like giving me all these signs. And I was trying to look past it because my brain was thinking I'm doing this right. And it didn't click until that point in my life when I was out of school, I had already been into my business a couple years, but it was the realization that, oh my gosh, I am being so selfish. I am living this life thinking only of myself. And this next chapter isn't going to be just me. I have this person I love. I've loved him for like nine years and we're going to be married. We both want to start a family. So I want to put him first. I want to put the idea of starting a family first. And I wanted to truly live. I wanted to have this joy and be able to have the freedom and still have routine, but allow myself the flexibility. And I knew I couldn't do this by the way that I was currently living. So it wasn't like this profound, well, maybe it is profound. I don't know. It wasn't like this shift that occurred in a very drastic way, but it was like this light bulb moment that kind of came off. And then everything else kind of started to fall into place after I started shifting my mindset, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. (laughs) I think, I mean, I know I relate to this and I know so many others will because for me too, like it wasn't this insane, like you said, drastic shift. It was more so just a realization. It's like the thought appears suddenly in your mind and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, for me, it was, you know, for a while when I was going through testing, there was two months where like they told me I had, it was like a progressive terminal disease. And I, in that time, it it dawned on me, like, what have I been doing with my life? Thankfully, that wasn't the case. And, but like, I'm so thankful that they like, pretty much misdiagnosed me for that month because it made me shift my perspective so much of like, I've just been so absorbed in myself and like Mm -hmm. this idea of health. And, you know, then you were mentioning how your hormones were imbalanced and all these signals from our body that we do ignore because it's like, I don't know, we don't want to listen to it because we think we know like what is healthy. Yeah. So Now you did mention, like I said, the hormone imbalance and wanting to start a family. And that's what, when we were talking on the phone the other day, we were really talking about. So when did you realize like in this time to get off birth control? Cause I know you said that was huge and like that entire hormonal. That was part of the shift, I think in my, my mentality. So I was engaged. I knew I was getting married soon. I'd been dating my boyfriend for probably at the time. I don't know, eight years. We've been together so long. That's so cute. Um, we've been together a long time. And so we knew that we wanted to start a family. And I had been doing more reading um, on birth control. And this new topic started appearing of post-birth control syndrome and just the side effects of the pill and everything. And I started getting nervous. And was like, I don't want to be on this anymore. I didn't know about all these side effects. Uh, my husband was in the camp, the camp. Like, I always thought this was bad. I don't know why girls go on it. Blah 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 blah. blah. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to stop. He's like, I think that's a good idea. Um, but my period didn't come back, and I had read that this was normal or this could happen uh for maybe a couple months up to like four months after your you stop 
And this was almost like a shock factor that, okay, well, I'm not getting my period back. I'm still thinking I'm doing things right. Um, I'm exercising, I'm eating well, I'm so focused on trying to do those things right and perfectly that that for sure contributed to probably not getting my period back along with having disordered eating behaviors before then. Um, so that became one of those mental shifters that I was like, well, I want to be a mother if I don't have my period. How the heck am I going to do this? Like, it's not really possible. So that was scary to me and started that journey of me shifting my mindset and shifting my behaviors to focus more on overall wellness, trusting my body and really tuning into what I need and the true definition of what health is. Um, so for those who don't really know what post-birth control syndrome is, um, it's more so talked about in the holistic medical field. Um, I mentioned it to my doctor and she was like, well, your period should come back with two to four in two to four months or whatever. And then when it didn't, we didn't, she didn't give me answers. I was then diagnosed with PCOS, but from my research, that was also could be caused by not getting my period from the pill and all its side effects. So along with not getting your period back, post-birth control syndrome, syndrome um, can also be accompanied by side effects such as acne, hair loss. It can be linked to hypothyroidism, gut imbalances. There are so many symptoms that I didn't know going on the pill because I don't think it was talked about. I mean, the side effects of birth control maybe were mentioned to me, but not the long-term consequences. Um, there has been research that has shown that birth control depletes your body of so many nutrients, especially folate, the B vitamins, selenium, vitamin C, vitamin E. There's also research that shows it disrupts gut health, so it can contribute to yeast infections and leaky gut. And then it can also contribute to estrogen dominance. So that's kind of why I was thinking, okay, well, the PCOS could have probably stemmed from me having these imbalances from the birth control. Um, you can also get your period back, but there's a chance you're not ovulating because your hypothalamus isn't connecting to your ovaries to tell you to ovulate. I mean, there's a whole host of things that I find it so incredibly fascinating, but it's not talked about enough. Um, and so my focus, once I found out that I wasn't getting my period and I still wasn't getting it back after a couple of months was solely to focus on wellness, but through the terms of complete nourishment and trying to restore my body and giving it the grace it needs and the time it needs to get back to the state of true health. So were there any particular practices you put into place? And obviously everyone is unique and different. I mean, if anyone goes online, they can find foods and stuff that are supposed to help, but we are also unique. But keeping that in mind, what were some practices or foods, whatever you want to share that helped you in that aftermath of, you know, going off of it and having your body just be a little bit of a, like chaotic. So the best thing I did, well, there are two things. The first thing is I got a holistic doctor. I left my OBGYN because one, she diagnosed me with PCOS, which was just fine, but she didn't get to the root cause of it. She just told me I had it and the solution was going on birth control. After I had explained to her that I understand why you want me to go back on birth control, 
can help prevent ovarian cancer, whatnot, but that's not the root cause of my PCOS. It's either there's a problem with insulin, there's a problem with um, my hypothalamus, either there's a whole host of things that could be, but she didn't want to get to the root of it. So I went to a holistic doctor and it was one of the best decisions I made. Um, I'll get into that in just a little bit, but number two is I purchased the book by Dr. Jolene Brighton and it's called Beyond the Pill. And honestly, that became my Bible. It was so informative and just laid down the groundwork for what, based on my situation, I needed to do and steps I needed to implement and areas of wellness that I needed to focus on. Um, It also helped reassure me like, okay, these are some things that I am doing really well that are contributing to good hormone health. These are some things that I could be doing differently. Um, So one of the first things that she recommends doing, and then also my holistic doctor recommended doing, was getting blood work done. And I cannot recommend this enough because there is so much like fluff out there and recommendations (laughs) on the internet that say you should be taking this supplement or these herbs and you could honestly go that route, but you would spend an arm and a leg and it might not work for you because in order to truly know what you need, you need to test. So there are a couple of recommendations that are a good like insurance policy, especially being on the pill, which is a prenatal. It also has more like a higher concentration of nutrients, which are depleted typically with the pill. So that's why I recommend it over a just normal multivitamin, omega-3s for reducing inflammation, and then probiotics to help restore gut health. But those are kind of general things that most people should probably be taking anyways. But in order to really know if you need additional support for like zinc or selenium, or if you have thyroid dysfunction, from the pill, you need to know that, or you just need to know where your hormone levels are in general, because that can help pinpoint areas that you need to address. Um, So that is something that I recommend to clients. I recommend to people who just message me about what can I do? What are the first steps I can take? Really testing is probably the first step and one of the most important aspects. Um, and then I do think just overall educating yourself, whether it's beyond the pill or finding a book or a doctor that you like, just because it's so important to be educated yourself. And I felt this way because I didn't feel I was being heard by my normal OBGYN. And I'm so glad I had the knowledge I did to advocate for myself because that's hugely important. I think a lot of times people get diagnosed with something or they get recommendations and because this person is a medical professional or whatnot, they just take it as the only advice. But when you do a little bit of research on your own, you have a better chance for advocating for yourself and knowing that that isn't your only option, or maybe there are other ways or other areas to address to get to the root cause before you turn to the suggestion from the medical doctor. I just think it's very important to be well-versed and knowledgeable about other things. Um, But for my personal approach, After I got lab tested, I started on numerous supplements and herbs, the supplements to help restore my depleted nutrient levels, um, herbs to help support detoxification and also just hormone imbalance in general. And then 
I also started shifting my diet at this point in my life. I was, I was mostly plant-based and I would say that because I would still eat fish and eggs occasionally, but from my research, um, especially with the diagnosis of PCOS, which can be stemmed from insulin, I found that I was more satisfied and had less of a blood sugar spike when I ate more animal protein. So I would try to incorporate like either chicken or eggs or something at least once a day. And I found that this helped a little bit, just whether it be my hormone stabilization or just keeping me fuller longer. Um, so that was helpful for me. I also stopped coffee and switched to matcha just because from lab tests, my body was in a state of stress. I had higher cortisol levels. So I switched to matcha to help with that. Um, I also practiced more self-care in terms of giving myself the rest I needed, listening to my body in terms of exercise instead of doing the workout that I had planned or that I had scheduled. I let my body kind of guide that. I did a lot more walking and a lot less running and higher intensity exercises. Um, I found that the walking also helped with stress mentally. So that was a bonus. Um, and then I also tried to incorporate more healthy fats into my diet. I thought I was doing a good job of this, but I realized that in terms of hormone balance, my body would function with a little bit more fat. And I, this was like the first time in my life that I wasn't obsessed with trying to do everything right. It was more about these are things that I know can help me, but what can I do today that is going to put me one step forward? So it was taking all of these things that were supposedly good for you, but doing it in a sustainable way, taking the small steps that over time had an accumulative and lasting effect. And this is the way to do health. There is, I mean, you can do drastic overhauls and everything, but if you want long-term results, I wholeheartedly believe that you have to just implement small changes and figure out a way that's sustainable for you. And for me, that was giving myself grace and saying, okay, today, I'm going to start my day with matcha and then go from there. If I felt like going for a walk, that's what I would do. I would try to incorporate more healthy fats and get some protein in. But it was those things that were just little baby steps that I think had the most effect on this overall outcome of being able to restore my hormone levels to restore my nutrients, uh, my, like my nutrient stores, get those back up to what they're, they should be. And in turn, I was able to not feel so fatigued during the day and have the energy I wanted and needed. Um, I also ended up having great digestion. I wasn't, I didn't have that mental burden of not doing things right or not being healthy because I did end up getting my period back. And shortly after that, I was even able to get pregnant. So it just felt like what I was doing was right and right for me. As you know, and as I think a lot of us are starting to know, stress is, I mean, it's toxic to the body. Mm -hmm. You can be doing everything right. But as you mentioned before, if you're obsessing over things, if you're addictive to things, 
and you're adding all that stress to the body, like your cortisol spikes, you mm-hmm. get more fatigue. I mean, it, it drains your body. So, you know, like you said, taking those baby steps, I feel like that's like you said, the best way to go, because if you try to like upheave your entire life at once and say, okay, no more high intensity exercise and no more of this and this and this, like that is, that's stress. I mean, that's mental stress. Yeah. Like if you can take baby steps and it's like, okay, this week I'm going to switch out coffee for matcha. Mm -hmm. Next week I'm going to start trying to add a little bit more fat to my meals or more carbs or drink more water. Like I feel like that's the best approach to go to keep that stress from ruining everything you do. Exactly. And also having an accountability is key. Um, I felt accountable for myself. I think just it's my personality, but also having that doctor who I was seeing, it felt really good to have someone there to support me, to make recommendations, to um, just in a way have my back and know that first of all, what I was go- wasn't making up what I was going through. That someone who actually believed me and who wanted to get to the root cause, and then someone who also designed almost a plan that would work for me instead of thinking like I need to try all the things or I need to take all the herbs and all the supplements. It felt really good to know exactly what I should be doing based on professionals recommendation. I will say the reason I, that's one of the reasons I think hiring a holistic doctor is just amazing, but he also was able to prescribe me two herbs that I had never heard of. I actually tried to research them and they're like basically non-existent on the internet. Like I couldn't find them besides from the herbal pharmacy that he um, wrote me a prescription to, but call it coincidence. I mean, it could have been an accumulative effect of all the things I was doing for the past year leading up to this. Um, But two months after he I guess it was a month after he gave me the herbs. I That's when I got my period back. And I do think it is a cumulative effect, but also I don't think we can discount how powerful nature is and plants and herbs. And it was just such an unbelievable experience that I'm still trying to grasp my head, my head around it. Like, was it really these herbs or – is it just the accumulative effect with of me doing all these things or the herbs just adding to all of those things? I don't know, well, but yeah, like, like you said, bef- like you said before, there's so much fluff on the internet. I feel like these herbs get a bad rap because it's like, oh, well I, you know, like I, I tried maca for this long and it didn't get my period back like it was supposed to. Well, it's like, Maybe you need to do all this other stuff, get your body to homeostasis, and then implement these super herbs that are so potent, and then watch the magic happen. Like, that's when things happen. You are exactly right. It was like, I you said it perfectly. I got my body back to where it needed to be. That whole year I was working on restoring my nutrients, trying to get my hormones back, and then this was like the light switch, these herbs came in and were like, okay, she's ready. I'm going to flip the switch. So it was just that little push over the edge that I probably needed. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a jump start. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like if you put those things in your body before it's ready, like it might actually cause more harm because exactly. they're going in and your body isn't strong enough to support them or your, like your systems aren't functioning, right? Like if you want those, you know, these potent super herbs to work, like you have to have your digestion working right. Like your liver better be working right. Like your endocrine system, like everything should be functioning at a pretty good level mm-hmm. for them to really work their magic. So I think, like you said, yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's finding that root cause, working with somebody and just coming up with a plan to first heal your body and then like, implement some superpower stuff. (laughs) Yeah, the superpowers. But I do want to 
touch back on the stress aspect because I didn't think I was that stressed at the time, but looking back at it, I might've not felt that mental stress in the day to day, but in hindsight, that was a huge stress, like not getting your period back, having that in like subconsciously in your head, especially with being a mom and, or wanting to be a mom so bad, that's stress. And stress is subjective. Everyone has stress, but the way our body can handle it and the way we can mentally handle it is different for everyone. So it, it plays such a role in our lives, both mentally and physically. I know we think about stress and we start thinking about mental stress and emotional stress, anxiety, whatnot, but physical stress happens every single day. And this can be in extreme cases, like let's say over-exercising, you're putting so much stress in your body, but just everyday activities, and stuff that we don't even realize we're doing causes the body stress. So normal exercising causes stress. Think about weightlifting or running. Like you're putting stress in your body, but in a way that you get better performance-wise because your muscles have to heal or you're working on endurance. So those little stressors end up having a good result. But there's other things that can wreak havoc on your body. I mean, this can be stress and found, that's found in chemicals, like hormone disruptors and I mean, in our makeup, in our cleaning supplies, in plastics that we use. Uh, it can be pollution. It can be not getting enough sleep. It can be eating inflammatory foods. Like There are so many stressors that we don't even realize can be affecting us. But there are ways to combat that. And I think that it's not something to be obsessive over, but the idea of practicing more self-care, doing little things that kind of bring you back down to a calmer state is so, so, so important, not only for our mental health, but our physical health, which in turn plays into our hormone balance, especially as women. Yeah. And I think especially what you said about things that we don't even realize, mm -hmm. I mean, take for instance, like this is something that I realized rather suddenly is for someone like me, I have digestive issues mm -hmm. and I'm not thinking about how those are stressing my body or affecting my hormones. I'm thinking about how they make me feel. So mm -hmm. it's like every meal I eat, say I eat say two out of my three meals and snacks, whatever a day, cause me some sort of blow or stomach upset. Like that's stress. And mm -hmm. that on top of the physical stress, on top of other mental stress, on top of emotional stress, it's just insane. And so, yeah, even if you have something like a digestive issue or like whatever type, like a pain in your body or something like we don't necessarily think of that as affecting our hormones or stress levels, but they, they do because, oh, there goes my dogs, <laughs> because they're mentally taxing. Well, it is, and I mean, you said it perfectly. We don't realize it. And for instance, if you're having digestive issues, that's not only causing your body physical stress, but mental stress. Like you then either consciously or subconsciously start to worry about, is this going to make me feel bad if I eat this or it, it just becomes this fear or this mental in a way mental burden because you you're not a hundred percent and you want to feel your best you want to live your best but there's that it's like a thorn in the side of you you're just like it's there and it's causing either inflammation or pain. And sometimes you get by without noticing it, but then something triggers it and you can't get it to stop like hurting or triggering or having those unwanted symptoms. Yeah, no, exactly. And 
I think, you know, it's, it's just important to acknowledge almost like the whole body aspect of not just zeroing in on one, one area, like really doing a 360 scan of how you're feeling, what's affecting you and all of that. Yeah, exactly. And also giving yourself grace. I think that is like the biggest realization I've had in these last couple of years, but also just from these first couple of months of being pregnant is like allowing yourself to give yourself grace. It can be so hard to want to do all the things right or to want to be the best or feel the best. But until you honor that practice of giving yourself grace, you aren't truly allowing yourself to be in the present and to be the healthiest version of yourself. You have to be able to give yourself grace when there's setbacks, when you're not feeling your best, when your mind is telling you to do one thing, but your body is saying, please listen to me, please don't do that. Or give me a little bit more rest or Maybe it is like, I give me a little bit more push. I want, I have the energy to do this, but every day is different and each season of life is different. So there's always going to be this ebb and flow and honoring that and being able to be okay with allowing that flexibility and honoring each season of your life where you are at and not getting so caught up with trying to be right all the time because honestly this is my motto for nourish my nutrition and it's something I try to incorporate every single day but it's it is less about being right and it's more about being well so truly focusing on being well in that present moment yeah i i mean you said it perfectly it's it's like we have the seasons around us and our bodies naturally need to acclimate to each season. Mm-hmm. Like I am not the same person I was in July. Like my body is functioning on a different level. It has different needs for movement. It has different needs for food. Uh, it, it needs more sleep. <laughs> Maybe that's the darkness, but um, either way, <laughs> either way, it's just like, this, I used to fight it, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. no, I, I don't need that much sleep or I still need to keep eating. Like, I don't need the warm soups and stuff. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I do. And it takes a while to learn to listen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm curious if, you know, if a client comes to you and you see they're struggling with that, with like listening to themselves or, understanding their body like how do you approach that with them so like say someone you know is struggling with them this themselves or they know someone who is like how do you approach that type of conversation sure so I this is hard because it truly is different for everyone and the approach I take is usually different for everyone but I try to get to the root of their feelings and so I feel like a therapist some of the time, (laughs) Um, more than a dietitian, because we talk a lot about feelings and we talk about emotions and why they're feeling this way. And when somebody is struggling to listen to their body and to give themselves grace, it's usually because their mind is trying to overwrite what they're feeling. They're feeling it at a certain level, but their mind has become so powerful at quieting it and overruling it that they don't listen to their body anymore because they want to do what their mind is saying or what they think is right. So one of my top recommendations is honor that initial gut instinct. So when, for instance, if somebody is thinking that they need to be paleo or keto or not eat carbs for some reason, then we can approach this as, okay, so 
when you first have an instinct to go into the kitchen, you might have this underlying like gut feeling like I want a piece of toast. I want avocado toast. I want an oatmeal bowl, whatever it is. But your mind is overruling it and saying, no, you have to have eggs and avocado and you shouldn't be eating the carbs or something like that. So it's pushing past that fear and trying to do the scary thing. So it's overriding that mental way of thinking and tuning into that gut initial thinking. I had them do a lot of journaling and also we set goals. So if I know this is a struggle, then we'll make it a goal for like the next week to be like, honor your initial instinct. I want you to, when you think about it, have that avocado toast two times this week and then journal after and tell me how you feel. Um, that this is just one example, but it does work. It doing that scary thing that you haven't done and pushing past that mental barrier of what's going to happen if I eat the bread or what's going to happen. Am I going to spiral out of control? Am I going to eat all the bread in the house? Maybe, but probably not. You're allowing yourself to have it and you're giving yourself that grace. So it's, Again, small changes, but you're putting it into practice to be able to start opening the door for more things, for bigger things, for a more opening the doors for more freedom in your way of eating, in your way of thinking, and just allowing yourself to tune back and kind of hone in on your inner child and that idea of kids know how to listen to their body and can eat when they're hungry, can finish when they're full. Um, but we tend to lose that as an adult. So I like to do that exercise with my clients, especially the ones that are struggling with that. But then if there's other things, of course, um, each person is individual. So there's a bunch of other strategies we could implement. <laughs> I feel that. I mean, it's like, you know, for a while I was afraid of like fats and like nut butters and stuff. And my friend Britt Berlin from the Banana Diaries, I don't know if you know her, but like she mentioned the same idea that you just said of like, when you're going to eat that food that scares you or that you think you shouldn't be having, like, what's the thought that's coming to mind? And for me, what I realized was I didn't even realize I was doing that. Like it was a subconscious fear. So it was like I'd be making my smoothie or eating like oatmeal bowl and it would be like, oh, I should add peanut butter. But then for some reason I wouldn't add it. And it was like realizing that the reason I wasn't adding it, even though I wanted it, was because subconsciously I was thinking like, oh, I don't need that. Mm -hmm. So it was adding it. You know, if I wanted it, I added it until eventually I was able to discern like, just do I want it or do I not? Not should I have it or should exactly. I not? It's that mental shift. And that mental barriers are one of the hardest things to overcome. Like, I can help you change your environment easily. I can help you push past, like, things at social situations. Those are little barriers in the grand scheme of things. The hardest thing to change is your mindset but it is the most important. So once you start, like you said, stopped viewing it as a should or you shouldn't, rather you became aware and you're like, do I want this now? Do I, does my body need it now? But that first step is taking that scary thing and just doing it. <laughs> you just have to do it. Like as much as your mind is telling you not to, the more you do the scary thing with anything in life, the more you do something, the easier it becomes. I mean, it takes 21 days to build a habit. So think about that when you're trying to break a habit um, and shift your mindset. You have to keep working on the shift. You may succeed and be so successful one day. Like you added, let's say you added that peanut butter. You ate that healthy fat. Maybe you even ate healthy fat at each meal. But 
maybe the next day you struggle and that's okay. That's another way to show yourself grace, but you can't let that stop you. You have to keep trying. Um, journaling can help. Talking with someone can help. Getting help like from a professional is great, but not stopping because you have a setback and to keep pushing through is the probably the most important thing that you can do yeah no you said it perfectly <laughs> and uh, you just I love talking with you because it's such an amazing blend of just you know personal advice that you've gone through and expert advice and experience and I'm just honored that we got to talk with you and I just I know this will relate to so many but where can people find you and connect with you and learn more about you Sure. This is so fun. Um, <laughs> so I'm Jessica Bippin again, and this is, um, you can find me at nourishedbynutrition.com, which is my website blog. It's full of recipes and I'm starting to dive more into women's health topics. So I'm going to be covering post-birth control syndrome, um, lots of fertility questions, and then also just updating on my pregnancy journey and giving tips and recommendations along the way for our new mamas or mamas to be. Um, but also you can find me on Instagram at nourished by nutrition. This is where I'm much more active um, and share a lot of behind the scenes and just day-to-day musings, my, a lot of mindset shifting topics and just, um, also some pretty good recipes. <laughs> no, very good. You have lots of good like advice and recipes and just like you said, behind the scenes moments, like the everyday living stuff. So I love following you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much good in this episode. I, I mean, I just don't know what to say besides I really hope you took something away from this because whether you struggle with general health issues, gut health, hormone imbalances, there is something for everyone in this one. And if you'd like to contact Jess and ask her some more questions about this, see you know what resources she has utilized in her health journey, you can find her on Instagram at Nourished by Nutrition. And as always, you can contact me on Instagram at Thrive underscore on life, or if I decide to change it, at Emily Feichels. I'll have them linked both below. And as my last and of this outro, you can always leave a rate and review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, and I might pick a lucky winner to win a box of goodies or two. I just sent the last one out to the winner, Meg, so I'm excited for her to receive it, and I'm excited for the next winner to receive their box of goodies. Thanks for listening, as always, and bye!